Hello, you're listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. We are a general interest independent bookstore located in the Los Feliz neighborhood of Los Angeles, California. This year, because of the coronavirus pandemic, we've had to close our store and cancel in-person events. But Skylight is your neighborhood bookstore, and we are finding ways to create community even while we're far apart. In the coming weeks, we'll be putting out lots of new audio content to help you discover new books, connect with authors, and check in with your favorite booksellers. To learn more about how you can help keep Skylight alive, please visit our website at skylightbooks.com or check out our social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Thank you for listening and enjoy. Hi, I am Janelle Brown, and I am the author of Pretty Things. I am coming to you from my living room in Silver Lake, Los Angeles, where I am sitting with my husband, Greg, and my daughter, Auden, who is 10. Um, Our son, Theo, is seven years old and is currently hiding from us because he is too shy to be on audio. Uh, I thought that instead of having a professional interview or give me questions for this podcast, that I would have the people who know me the best ask me what they really want to know about who I am and what I do. So Greg and Auden have prepared some questions for me. And who's going to start? Which one of you is going to start? Daddy. Uh, Well, actually, I was going to start with Theo's question. Theo's not here, but he actually did write some questions. So uh, the first question comes from Theo, and he said, why did you want to be a novelist? Why do I want to be a novelist? Um, I've wanted to be a novelist since I was so young that I can barely even remember ever deciding to be a novelist. Uh, I remember when I was in first grade, I loved to write little books. I took a class about how to make books and we would make bind our own books using wallpaper and draw our own pictures. And I loved that more than anything in the world. Um, making little books that I would draw pictures of my dog Pogo, a basset hound, and then And my teacher was like, you should be a novelist when you grow up, um, when she saw them. And I was like, you're right, I should be. And so I've kind of stuck with it ever since. But, you know, books are one of the things I love the most in the world. And wanting to be a novelist, I think, is a lot about wanting to give the world the same kind of pleasure that I get when I read a book. Yeah? You're nodding? Nodding? Okay, (laughs) nodding. Okay. So, Audrey, do you want to read the next question? Okay. So, go up to the mic. Um, do you ever read your books after you publish them? That's a question that I asked, that I made up. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> I try not to, um, for a really long time. Because what happens is when your book comes out, uh, you're so tired of it because you've read it so many times in the course of the last year. You read it when you're writing it, and then you read it when you're editing it, and then you have to read the copy edits, and then you have to read the proofs. And so by the time it comes out, and you're doing readings at bookstores, you are so tired of your own words. You read the same sections over and over again, and you kind of need a break from it all. But that said, every once in a while, I'll go back and reread a book like much from much earlier. Like I recently reread This Is Where We Live, which is my second book. 
And if I take enough time away from it, it starts feeling like it was written by somebody else. And that's kind of fun. And I can read it with a, with a fresh eye that I didn't expect. So, so yeah, sometimes, but I usually have to take a break from my own writing. Okay. Yeah, that's good. All right, my, I'm, I'm up next. I have a question for you, Janelle. Um, each of your books have settings, characters, and story elements that come from your personal life, yet nothing is autobiographical. So my question is, uh, what's your approach to translating fact into fiction? You mean from my personal life? Yeah. Well, I mean, I just noticed that you, you draw from elements of real life and your own life and where you grew up or settings. Mm -hmm. You know, examples are like your, all we ever wanted was everything was set in your hometown and the premise was based in something that you knew about at the time and characters, pieces of characters, settings. Your new book is in Tahoe and I know right. you grew up in Tahoe. I'm um, just curious how you draw from facts right. in your life, but turn them into fiction because they're not auto autobiographical. Right, right, right. Um, I, th I think, you know, that there's that old adage, write what you know. And I do believe that I always have to start with some place or some character or some premise that that feels real to me that I can relate to and that's how I often get into a story even if a story is so radically different from my life for example this new book I'm writing about a con artist and I'm writing <laughs> and an in internet influencer um sorry Instagram influencer and obviously I've I've never been a con artist I do not come from a life of crime Sorry, but, <laughs> but, but my way into that was Lake Tahoe in a place that I've spent a lot of time. Um, I spent my summers and winters vacationing there when I was growing up, and that's where you and I got married, that's obviously. Right. Yes. Uh, so it's a place that's special to me. So, so I can, I think, starting from a place that's real or maybe with a character that's a, a jumping off of from somebody I already know, is a way for me to kind of get into the verisimilitude of, of a story and to make it, to find the details that make it real. Um, and then once I have those details that kind of make it real, then I can launch, launch into all kinds of made up imaginary new things. It almost, almost like it grounds me to invent the rest, that I have this, this kind of point of, of reference that I can always fall back on for, okay, there's this real thing that I know already, and then where right. do I go from there? Way, way to get started. It's a way to get started, mm -hmm. yeah. All right, Auden, you're up. This question here is from you. Uh, where do the names of the characters come from? Like, uh, where, like, how do you make up the names? How do I make up the names of my characters? Um, I often have to fiddle with names. Um, like I'll start with a name, I'll start, when I start writing, the name for me is almost the least important thing. And often what I'll find is I'm, as I'm writing a very, very early draft of a book, that the name will sometimes just change as I'm writing it. So I'll start off with a character that's named, you know, Samantha, and 20 pages later I'm calling her Sabrina. And it's almost like her name doesn't matter um, at the beginning. It's more about finding character. And as I find the character, sometimes the names start to come to me. So, for example, in my last book, I had a character named Olive, who was in a teenage uh, in uh, Watch Me Disappear. Oh, yeah. There's a character named Olive, um, and she's a teenage girl. And as she started to come to life, she kind of started to have this kind of slightly misfit, tomboyish character. She's 
kind of questioning her sexuality. And so I wanted to find a name that encapsulated that. And so eventually the name Olive kind of was a name that popped into my head and, and I'm like, oh, that's right. Uh, that's her name. Sometimes I find names, I have actually looked at baby books for names. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Like when, when, when I'm trying to find the name of a character and I kind of know what I want it to be like, but maybe it's not quite the right name, you, those kind of baby name finder online, they'll r recommend names and you can kind of click through names and it recommends more names. And I've found names that way. Um, I seem to have a thing for J names. I had my protagonists, I had Jeremy and Jonathan or the, the male characters and, mm. and uh, this is where we live and all we ever wanted was everything. So in, uh, in, in Pretty Things, I actually was trying to be very careful not to use any J names because everybody had J names already. That's funny. But uh, sometimes names just come to me, like Benny. The name Benny just popped into my head and he's the name of the kind of love interest, the teenage love interest in, in Pretty Things. Hmm. Yeah. The, the, ba the baby book makes sense since you're, as an author you're giving birth to a new person. Yes, so exactly. Right. <laughs> you got to look up their name. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we got another question. Um, this Wait, one. Also, oh, sorry. Follow-up question? Uh, uh, also, like, what was Olive's original name? I don't remember. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, can't, I honestly can't remember. I go through so many iterations. I could probably dig up early drafts and find it, but I don't remember now. All right. This one's in from Theo. Uh, who was still upstairs, but uh, he wrote this this morning. Um, how do you think of the titles of your books? Uh, that's kind of similar to how I find the names of the characters. Um, I have changed every title of every book I've ever written. <laughs> I always start off with one title and then I end up with another. Uh, part of that is because my agent or editor will be, eh, your first title didn't really work. We need to come up with better. Um, yeah, Pretty Things, the name title Pretty Things was a really long, drawn-out oh, process. Um, it used to be called, the first title uh, First title I had for Pretty Things was actually Born Monsters. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah we, that's right. When we were in France, we were helping. When we were in France, we were helping you pick out names. That's right. You remember, I was coming with lists and lists and lists and lists because my editor didn't really like the title that I'd come up with. So I'll look through the book. I'll look for... for um, Phrases in the book that maybe jump out as me as something that would be I could use for the title. Um, pretty things is a phrase that that is comes up in the book a couple of times. Um, this is where we live. My second book also came from the title uh, from a line in the book. Actually, the last line of the book. And and, and uh, all we ever wanted was everything was, was a, a song reference. A song lyric uh, from, in the book. Yeah, in the book. Well, I actually added it into the book. Oh, was that right? <laughs> I so did. realized the song was right. Yeah, and, and then, then wanted came someone up. to reference it in the book. Exactly. And mm -hmm. then um, the Bauhaus song. Yeah, Bauhaus song. And then Watch Me Disappear was another one that I just like was riffing on for I don't even remember how I came up with that, but I probably was like three hundred titles in before I came up with mm -hmm. that one. Do you remember the the runner up? I don't. They just vanish from your mind. They just vanish. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. Um, let's see. Next one is my questions. Uh, so the themes and language in your books are, are beautifully rendered, but there's always a clear and driving narrative as well. So I was curious if you could talk about your philosophy about story in novels. My philosophy about story and novels. Yeah, or just or, or even just your preference or how you approach story in novels. You know, I think the power of novels can sometimes 
you know, more than TV and film can like digress or get involved in, in language uh, less than plot. But I know that you, you really like, I, all, regardless of genre, all your books are page turners. And right. I think that has to do with narrative. Right. Yeah. And I'm just curious how you think about narrative in novels. Um, I think of narrative as a rail um, that drives through a book. Like, for me, the best books feel like the story is hanging off a rail. And there might be lots of things hanging off the rail, right? But the rail is what's driving you through and, and the, the, the through line that is taking you from the beginning of the story to the end of the story. So you can kind of go all different directions um, as long as you're still pointing in this one direction towards the end with story. Um, I think that story drives my books as in the sense that it's what moves everything forward. But I actually start with character. Um, hmm. I'll have an idea for a book. I'll have an idea for a story, um, usually, and kind of have this niggling idea of a story. And then I'll start developing the characters. And as the characters come to life, the story changes. Because for me, character is story. Character changes story. And so uh, you don't want actions to happen to characters. You want characters to cause actions, right? Hmm that it's coming from, from some motivation, mm -hmm. their motivation. So um, often stories change as I'm writing them because of that the characters coming to life. But I always kind of have this like clear vision that there needs to be the, the rail that all the story is kind of hanging on mm -hmm. to make it cohere and come together. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's great. Auden? Yes? Are you ready for your, ne are you ready for your next question? Okay, here we go. So that's this one here. Uh, when did you start writing your book, your your first book, and how long did it take you? Mm -hmm. Okay, my first book, all I ever wanted was everything. I started writing in two thousand and four, I think two thousand and five, and it took me about four years to write it. Um, I was. I was working uh, as a freelance journalist and doing a lot of writing for the New York Times and Vogue magazine and working on a book in kind of part-time and my and taking a lot of uh, workshops and I did some some novel writing courses at UC Extensions and uh, revised and revised and revised many, many drafts and then sent it to an agent and sold it. But it took me about four years and I was, I guess it was in my my early 30s at that point, late 20s, early 30s. Mm -hmm. Yep. Uh, Auden, did you have a follow-up question? Um, I forgot. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you had, so had another question. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Back to me. Uh, this isn't really related to the, um, the question I just asked, but um, will, you, are you con will you consider writing a children's book? Hmm. I've thought about it. I actually have an idea for one. I think you know what I'm talking about because we've talked about oh, it together. Yeah. I have an idea, but um, but I kind of need to get my next grown-up book <laughs> done first. <laughs> my publishers have me on contract for for another book for grown-ups. I need to finish that one first before I write a, a kid's book. But I would love to do it. I love YA books. I think that I know that there seem to be not as many books of the kind that you would like to read uh, for YA, and I would love to write one that, that you would like to read. 
Yay? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I have another question for you. Um, you have now written four books, uh, and each have are very different in setting, story, and even genre, right? So how do you or do you see them connected by any voice or style or thematic interest? Now, do you have enough kind of view on these on these four books to see any um, connections? Commonality. Yeah, commonality yeah. or interests yeah. that, that connect them. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously my first two books were more kind of, my, my agent calls them Jonathan Franzen-esque. Uh, they were like satirical, social satire, domestic dramas. Um, and then the last two books have been more, you know, in the literary suspense genre. Um, and so, you know, they're all page turners. Um, and I think that's kind of what I do best is write books that have a lot of action, a lot of, a lot of twists and turns. And no matter whether it's like a crime or it's like a, you know, domestic, domestic dispute there's a lot of action in my book so there is that kind of story commonality um but i also think there's a lot of thematic um commonality between the books um all of my books i think are drawn through a couple ideas um one is the idea of who we think we are and how we present ourselves to the world versus how the world sees us so who you you know who you, who you want people to be versus who they really are. Uh, so kind of presentation and image is, is a common theme. Um, there's a lot of theme about family and the relationships between mm -hmm. mothers and daughters, um, kind of mm -hmm. inheritance and, and the ideas of like what we, what, we, what we take from our parents, whether we realize or not, mm -hmm. both in terms of the things that we inherit from them physically, but also the, the ways of looking at the world that we, that we learn from them. Yeah. Um, so that's a common theme. Uh, also kind of the ideas of success and failure and this idea of who, who we strive to be in life um, and then coming up against the realization that you've fallen short of your own dreams and how you react to that realization and what it makes you do. That's, that's been both something in my first book where you have a woman who is like a feminist magazine yes, editor Margaret. who's Margaret's, <laughs> right. Margaret's feminist magazine goes bankrupt and she's like in the hole to credit cards and she has to move home and face her mom and she's kind of lying about how she's failed in life. And then, and well, and she denied she's run she's run as far away from her mom and family, but she has some of the same blind spots. Exactly, you know, she's like got mom. this similar blind spots as her mother. And then, um, Pretty Things, my newest book, it's a woman who's raised by her grifter mom, and her whole life's goal is to not be like her mom and to like be a success. And she goes to college and and somehow you know manages to to screw up her life anyway, and and is broke and has to move home and ends up becoming a grifter just like her mom um, mm -hmm. uh, and to support her mom. So so this like even though those two stories couldn't be more different um, on the surface, there's there's a real kind of thematic mm -hmm. through line for both for both those books yeah. and connecting all of them really. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, all right. Um, let's see. Do you have another question, Auden? I was going to move on to one of these, but if you have a new one. Do you have something you want to ask? No? I have one more from me, it looks okay. like, here. Um, let's see. Oh, I'm going to ask you this one. Um, you've adapted a number of your books 
into screenplays for film or television. And I was just curious, what are some of the similarities uh, and probably more importantly differences between writing for a book and writing for the screen that you've encountered? I know, I know you're fairly new to writing for screen. You've, we've lived in the book. What, what, is, what, have struck, what has struck you about the similarities and differences? Um, the thing that's really interesting about adapting uh, a story for screen is how much of it you just leave out. <laughs> it's, about, it's about pairing your book down to the most essential pieces, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like you're, you're kind of cutting out all the fat, keeping the, the, the characters and the themes, but like distilling the um, dialogue to the most essential dialogue. And then also like finding ways to tell the story um, in a more visual or um, through dialogue than you can't describe, right? Things you can't describe. Action is instead of um, description. So, and it's, it's really fun. It's actually a really interesting process for me to like tear my book apart and kind of reimagine it as a screenplay because it helps me see kind of the, the, the essential parts of the book, the kind of like almost like what it what the book is when you distill it down, you see it at its most essentialist nature. <laughs> um, and I've, it's kind of a fun process. It means killing your darlings more than, more than ever, um, but I'm, I've been getting better and better at doing that. Yeah, you can in in a screenplay you can only describe what you see and hear. You can't go inside people's heads. I guess stylistically you can, but yeah. um, the best cinema kind of is only what you can see and hear. Yeah. Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? I think maybe we have time for one more question. Okay, so you're moderating your own Q and A. Okay, that's that's on that's on character. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right, last question, Auden. Would you like to ask ask the last question? Okay. Uh, why don't you ask number thirteen here, the last one. <laughs> is it? <laughs> um, thing, uh, Pretty Things has been released during the pandemic. What do you see as the positives and negatives of a book coming out while people are in quarantine? Ah, yes. I mean, it's certainly an interesting time to have a book come out. Um, I know that I'll start with kind of what's what I've been feeling as as a reader during this time. Um, I have been buying books like crazy. I've probably been buying more books now than I've ever bought in my life. In just which in terms, is saying something. which is saying a lot. I mean, I buy, I, I read a lot, but you know, often I check out books in the library too. And now I'm just buying them all, so because the library is closed, and also because I want to support bookstores. I've been buying books from Skylight Books. I've been buying um, books from authors that I really want to support. So it's a way of supporting the whole publishing industry right now, but. A lot of the books that have been coming have been really hard for me to read, and I and because it's hard to focus for me right now, um, I feel like there's so much distraction that I'm often picking up a book that I'm like, oh, objectively, I can see that this is a fantastic book. I mean, I just started, I was just reading this book called The Topeka School, which won all kinds of awards, and everyone said it was one of the best books of the year, and I totally could see it as I was reading it. And yet I was starting, I was having a hard time focusing on the writing because it's not, it's not a heavily plot-oriented book. And so what's happened is that I've gotten a whole second wave of books that have come that are more thrillers and suspense and, and really plot-based books. And those are the ones that are proving to be fun to read. So as a reader, I feel like I am gravitating towards really plot-based books. And so for me as a writer, someone who's writing those kinds of books, 
it's been kind of fun to realize that I've written the kind of book that people want to be reading right now. And um, thank God. <laughs> mm -hmm. So that is the upside. I think people need story right now. They need story they can get lost in. I think books are more essential than ever to keep us entertained when we're all locked in and at home during a pandemic. Um, the challenge for me as an author has been I'm stuck at home. I can't go on a book tour. I can't go to bookstores and, and meet readers. Um, it's really sad to see how this is affecting bookstores, independent bookstores, because mm -hmm. they, you know, they're, they're closed. And um, so for me, the, the really devastating part of all this has been the impact on the bookstores and this feeling that there's readers that are just impossible to reach right now um, or to find who don't know how to find new books because they can't walk into a bookstore and just see and what's brow, new. Browse the front browse table. the front table, exactly. what the recommend staff picks are. <laughs> staff or, picks, or, exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. I love going into a bookstore and like yeah. seeing the staff picks. Like that's how I buy half of my books is what the bookstore sellers um, recommend. And I feel like that is just gone. And for me, that kind of breaks my heart. So, mm -hmm. But yeah. I hope people are reading right now and, and getting lost in books. And, and hopefully that's something as an author that I can help with. Mm -hmm. So That's great. All right. Well, I think that's uh, all the time we have. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> our, allotted, our allotted 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> okay. Thank you guys for your questions. Yeah. And your silly faces that you're making at me that you can't see on the, uh, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> on the radio. All right. Thanks so much. And um, I hope to see everybody on the other side of this at Skylight Books. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Skylight Books podcast series. Please don't forget to visit our website at skylightbooks.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast for more author talks and bookseller conversations. You can find us on Podbean, iTunes, and Spotify. Stay safe and healthy, and we hope to see you back in our store soon.